and our brain, there's a big connection there. And I think if you've ever had irritable bowel syndrome, you know this. And if you've ever gotten nervous in front of a, you know, right before a big presentation or when you were going to talk to your crush, like, you know this. We intuitively have this, like, understanding that our gut and our brain are connected somehow. And of course, our language reflects that things like the saying, oh, butterflies in my stomach when you're nervous or, oh, it was gut wrenching when something really intense and sad or tragic happens. Um, What sick to my stomach when you hear of something that really upsets you. And science only relatively recently has started to show the link and be able to have data behind it, behind this idea of the gut-brain connection. And I remember the first time that this kind of became conscious, like that I first made this like conscious connection about that was I before I became a massage therapist, I was working at a juice bar and it was the best. It was during my massage school training, actually. I was working at Juice Land in Dallas. And there was this one lady there who was telling me about how her sister had just found out that her boyfriend, her long-term boyfriend, was cheating on her. And her sister had found out via a um, a text message and that she had been with her sister when her sister read the text message and that her sister immediately threw up. And for me, that was, I mean, I understood really, really just having this like again, gut-wrenching feeling and just, wow, couldn't believe it. But I was really surprised that she threw up. And that story has stayed with me for that reason. And it was the first time that I started thinking, wow, somebody can have such a big reaction that you actually puke when something that intense happens. And that's when I started thinking about it more and learning about it a little bit more. And nowadays, we're all familiar with the terms microbiome, gut-brain connection, but those have really just entered into the everyday vernacular within the relatively recent past. So they do say that all great ideas seem obvious in hindsight, and I think this type of scientific discovery as far as the gut microbiome and all of that, i that's definitely it fits that uh, paradigm right it that saying totally applies because it really came as no big surprise that our mind and our emotional state can have an effect on our digestive tract what is a little surprising is the idea that this communication between the gut and the brain works both ways so not only can the brain affect the gut but the gut and the microbes in it can affect the chemistry in the brain so The two communicate, the central nervous system and the enteric nervous system, which is what's embedded in the digestive tract all the way from the esophagus to the rectum, they communicate via the vagus nerve. This means this communication, this line of communication via the vagus nerve, it means that our mental health can be enhanced or lessened depending on the health of our gut. So some would even go as far as calling the enteric nervous system which is, again, the one that lines the gut, that that's like a second brain. Interestingly, more than 90% of the body's serotonin is produced in the gut. 90%. 
and an additional 50% of the body's dopamine. So it's not far-fetched at all to say that the symptoms of, symptoms of anxiety and depression can be reduced by maintaining a healthy gut microbiome. And in fact, there have been multiple studies done using double-blind and even triple-blind placebo-controlled trials that show a promising correlation between the scores of anxiety and depression and certain probiotics. And I've included the link for this show, um, or I've included the link in the show notes if you're interested in seeing more details or the specifics about each study. So by now you might be thinking, well, this is all fine and dandy, Cindy, but how can I put this into practice? Well, the answer is actually pretty simple. Number one, you can start eating more fermented foods. So this includes yogurt, sauerkraut, kimchi, miso, kombucha. Personally, my go-to fermented food recently has been red cabbage curtido, aka Salvadorian cabbage slaw. It's so yummy, it's super easy to make, and it pairs well with a bunch of Latin American plates and on sandwiches, kind of surprisingly. Another thing you can do is to decrease stress and increase positive and pleasurable activities. So think about that. I mean, after all, the relaxation response is also called the rest and digest response. So that means when our mental health and our body are under, under extreme duress or more stress, then our gut, like the sympathetic nervous system, literally sends a signal to our enteric nervous system to slow down digestion. And the opposite is also true. When we're relaxed and feeling connected to ourselves, to family, to friends, our digestion is working a lot better. And that that kind of, I see that all the time too, because in massage, there's this, I guess it's not really a saying, but an understanding between massage therapists that if somebody's on your table and you hear their stomach growl, it's like the biggest compliment ever because it means that you turned on or you helped their body turn on the parasympathetic nervous system. And it's funny because the client is usually like, oh, I'm so sorry. My stomach won't shut up or something like that. But in reality, it's like, oh, no, that's awesome. <laughs> that's a really good sign. So another thing you can do is mindful eating. So being in a frenetic, stressed or distressed state versus a calm and centered state while you're eating makes a big impact on how your how that food is going to land in your gut. So try to organize your day so that you can really be present while you eat at least one meal a day because I get it depending on your job, lunch can be a quick 30 minute gulping down or or dinner can be sitting in front of a TV after a really long day, but consider playing soft music instead of watching a show or just minimizing distractions so that you can really be present with your food, with the people around you, if you're eating, you know, with others, um, or if you're sharing the table with others, that just really makes a big difference. The last little tip that I'll share here is decreasing sugar because sugar, I mean, ugh, here, let me just tell you, confession time. I love sugar and I have a the biggest sweet tooth and I have paid for it dearly. <laughs> but limiting sugar or de decreasing it, limiting it, eradicating it from your diet as best you can is one of the best things that you can do just to fight inflammation and thereby to decrease stress on your body 
and to improve your mental health as well. So suffice to say that even though gut health may not be the end-all be-all cure for anxiety and depression, science is showing that cultivating a healthy microbiome is worthwhile is a worthwhile habit to get into to promote better mental health. And if you've got the time and energy, consider Googling a curtido recipe that's C-U-R- T-I-D-O, that's that red, that's that uh, Salvadorian cabbage slaw I told you all about. So curtido recipe to make at home. Or if you're looking for an easier route, you can always pick up some sauerkraut or some kimchi or kombucha at your local grocery store. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Clear Head Calm Heart podcast. And if you'd like to show your support, do consider leaving a review or sharing this episode with a friend. Until next time.